everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Cora, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. So here's the thing. If you haven't realized it by now, we're in a global pandemic. And for a lot of us, we are in a global pandemic on a college campus, which can be a really scary thing that a lot of us are still trying to figure out how to navigate. So today I have Morgiana McDevitt here with me, who is a senator for student government here at the University of South Carolina. Um, And she's going to tell us a little bit about what they have been doing to try to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 here on campus. So, hi Margiana, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure, hey everybody, my name is Morgiana McDevitt. I am a junior here at the University of South Carolina, but I am from Long Island, New York. And my biggest involvement on campus right now is I am a senator for the student body, specifically the College of Arts and Sciences. Through Student Government Senate, I'm also the chairman of Health and Safety, which is a super hot topic right now that we're definitely going to get into with you later. Um, My major here at school is Economics and Environmental Studies, double major, and I am pursuing minors in political science and vocal performance, just to, you know, dabble around a few different areas of things I like and my interests here at school. So what does your role as the chairman of Health and Safety look like? when we're experiencing this global pandemic? Sure. So definitely I feel a lot of pressure that when students come to student government and we hear those complaints that being that I am the chairman of this committee, I do have to pay extra attention and be more cognizant of things that are going on. So personally, I just feel that I do have to as not only a student, but a member of student government be really on top of what's happening, what our COVID numbers are, what the university is doing. So I can tell students and be aware of things that are going on as things are rapidly changing. As the chairman though, a lot of things that I'm personally doing are fixing and changing initiatives that we might have already previously been planning in the spring to adapt them to COVID standards. What are some examples of some of those things that you have had to adapt to try to fit into the current lifestyle that we have on campus? Sure. So our biggest initiative we're starting through student government and through my chairmanship is flu shot day for the university. We do this every fall. It's gotten bigger and bigger every year. And normally, I don't want to say easy, but it is a little bit more simple in the planning of where we're going to have the event, who's going to be involved. However, now we have this big wrench of Half of healthcare is doing COVID testing. We need to have the space to socially distant and also have hundreds of students come and get these flu shots because we want students to be as prepared as possible. You know, we might not necessarily have a vaccine for COVID currently, but we do for the flu. So we want to mitigate that spread on campus as we do move into the winter months. So making this event be successful and vaccinating as many students as possible as early on in the season as we can is really important to me. And the planning and really advertising this to students that they can come onto campus and get their flu shot for free. Total, we've had over 1,800 cases of coronavirus on USC campus. How has student government as a whole reacted to this spike in numbers? I think student government reacts just like the student body. You know, we are the representatives of the students we serve. So when students are upset and unnerving, seeing that, you know, almost 2,000 students have tested positive on the campus, so are we. But 
I think as student government representatives, we also are very aware of what the university is doing. And it may seem like this large amount of cases looks like the university is doing a poor job at mitigating the spread. But from our perspective, we see the amazing things our president Bob Caslin is doing to produce these great um, number of testings that they've done since we've come back on campus. We see the amount of space they've dedicated to isolation and quarantine dorms. We see the contact tracing that is going on. We see these things that are behind the scenes that other students may just look at that number of 1800 and say, wow, that's not great. That makes me nervous. So personally, sure, I am you know, nervous and upset that we do have that. But I also know we have that high number because we're testing asymptomatic students. We're contact tracing. We are doing a great job at, you know, seeing who has coronavirus and how we can prevent that from spreading beyond the numbers we have right now. Awesome. As a USC student, I agree that USC has done an amazing job in helping prevent the spread of COVID. And as of right now, there are about 600 active cases as compared to last week, there were over a thousand active cases. So what do you think has been the reason for this sudden drop in almost half uh, active COVID cases that we've seen on campus? So you do have to account that this past week we did. So as soon as we came back on campus, we had a huge influx of testing. It was great. We were doing about a thousand tests a day. That was definitely a lot for a university because they tried to max out the tests. And as these like first three weeks back on campus went on, we did see a shortage of staffing. You do have to have a certain medical license to perform this test. So the university kind of ran into a bump where they did run out of staff at a certain time that could administer the test. So they did have to slightly slash testing. And then we also had a holiday weekend. So you're gonna see current numbers, they are going to decrease, but you also see that in two weeks, those cases that we had two weeks ago, they're no longer active. And that is a good thing. So numbers are going to continue to change. And I know the university is at a level one right now, which is a low alert level, which is higher though than the level zero, which was what we started at, which was the new normal. So the university is currently taking new measures to try to keep that number of 600 where it's at and then decrease that even further. So I've been getting this information from the COVID dashboard at the U of SC website, and it says that about 52% of classes are hybrid, in-person, online. But the classes that are in-person are taking the right precautions to eliminate the spread of COVID with social distancing, masks required at all time. Do you think that the university should continue to serve in-person classes? Absolutely. So... I have two classes, two and a half classes currently that are in person and one that half I would say is a hybrid. We meet every two weeks as of right now. And I feel that when I'm sitting in a class and I'm in this huge lecture hall that could fit 100 people and maybe 30 people are spread out in this classroom and we're all wearing masks, I don't think COVID is a risk. I wipe down the seat with the sanitation that's provided at the front of the entrance before I go. And I sit there and I learn so much better just because I'm not in an environment, say in my bedroom or in a place in my residence where I have the chance to pick up my phone, go on my computer, have other distractions. And that is really important for me. Having the opportunity to go to a different location and learn outside of my living residence is what motivates me to 
want to learn more. It's so hard and I think it's necessary to separate, you know, your place of living where you like to relax and you like to hang out and your place of learning, which are buildings like the Darla Moore School of Business or Gambrell Hall or different places around campus. So that risk of COVID in class, sure, while it might be there, is not the COVID hotspots we're seeing at this university. Unfortunately, I do think we're seeing these COVID hotspots at places where students are making poor decisions to not social distance. I don't necessarily think that these students are horrible for choosing to not social distance or maybe not wear a mask when they hang out in a small group of friends. It only takes one person to really spread this virus. So I understand that the we have all been kind of shuttered away at home, away from our friends for months. And now we're back and we want to see each other. We want to show that love and appreciation we have for our friends. So I do understand why students are defying social distancing. I don't agree with it. But that unfortunately is the places where COVID is more likely spreading in comparison to a classroom where students are going there to learn and they're going there to better themselves. Despite all of the measures that USC has taken to ensure the safety of their students in in in-person classes, there have been protests against uh, the university holding in-person classes. How has student government reacted to these protests? I think that the most important Part of that answer is the fact that student government really is keeping up with everything that's going on around COVID from every angle. So I see the great things the university is doing. Sure, I see some not great things that maybe students are choosing to partake in that is leading to that transmission of COVID. So we are upset that some specific student organizations or students themselves are blaming the spread of COVID and the rates we have on campus to our president, Bob Caslin, because it's obviously not Bob Caslin that's inviting all these students to an apartment pool and having a giant pool party. It's not Bob Caslin saying, you guys should all hang out and not wear masks. He truly is encouraging that. And he himself also, though, cannot change the fact that you know, us students at the university, we're 18, 19, 20 years old. We are adults. Like we do have to make our own decisions about our level of safety. But I think the university and I think student government as a whole would totally say that the university is doing everything in their power to keep the spread of transmission on university property and in university space, that transmission of COVID as low as it can be. So why does the university leadership feels so strongly about University of South Carolina staying open? This is a really important question and something I hope that most students feel as I finish and complete my thought. So the university and the city of Columbia work hand in hand. I firsthand can say I lived in Columbia this entire summer and the city is not the same when the university isn't open. It's still a great city and I love to be here, but the university really drives its economy. It drives a lot of tourism. It Gamecock football per se, you know, we might not be having that this semester, but every single year that brings in a lot of money to the city. So, and so do the students. So not only is bringing these students important for keeping the economy of the city of Columbia alive, but the fact is we brought these students back. We brought 30,000 students back to the university, we could say. To close campus at the spur of the moment 
would leave the city of Columbia and the university in a large predicament, and it would be completely related. So of course, if we were to close university right now, we would maybe put about five to 6,000 freshmen out of a place to live. So those freshmen, their first choice would have to go back home and bring that potential exposure to COVID back to their families. And we don't want to continue spreading that risk of coronavirus any further than we already have to. Secondly, a majority of the students already live off campus. The likelihood that these students would try to break their lease, which is pretty difficult with most apart apartment complexes, is very challenging. So these students would probably stay in the city of Columbia, which is great for maybe businesses, but the fact that they might be getting and spreading coronavirus isn't changing. So the university staying open and being able to keep testing these students and holding students to a certain standard that if you do go to an event that's over 50 people, you will be sent to student conduct. That is an important facet of students making decisions when they decide what they should do on a Friday or Saturday night. The fact that the university does and should have a say in the safety of not only the way they're interacting with the university, but the city of Columbia is exactly why this university needs to be here. We need to have a say in what the students are doing because we are keeping the city alive. We are giving it our business. And I know that students are upset that they want tuition refunds or they want room and board refunds. I think that just goes down a very slippery slope. And for that very reason, the university is trying to maintain its status as a campus that has students living here, going to as many classes as they can offer in person. And further, freshmen, I pity the poor freshmen that come to campus or any freshmen across America right now that are trying to make friends and be their own individual after high school, after this pandemic kind of hit their senior year and slashed it in half. They are trying to be social and the university can hold smaller events and gatherings with masks, with social distancing where students can interact in a safer way than maybe a bunch of freshmen buying an off-campus apartment and partying because all their classes are online and they have nothing else to do and further the spread of COVID and then shift that burden onto the city of Columbia when they have to get tested at the local pharmacy and they have to buy all their groceries at the grocery store rather than being quarantined and brought meals to them from the university. So it is really important that USC does as much as it can in its power to stay open because a lot of people don't realize the benefits of how we are supporting the community and supporting our students at the same time. That's a great way to put into perspective how this virus has affected not only our university, but how it will affect the city if we close down. So thank you so much for um, sharing on that. Regarding my question that I previously asked about protests on campus, there have been other kinds of protests on campus that I'm sure most students are aware of um, with all of the hate speech going on and um, groups coming onto campus who are not students with signs drawing in big crowds. How has student government reacted to this kind of protest on campus? I think my answer is going to be the same as every student. It is really upsetting to see people come to our campus and spew ideals that we as a student body do not represent. Uh, obviously, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. This is a free country, but also we don't support hate speech 
as a university that's not in the Carolinian creed. We represent the love and uplifting of different people and different cultures. And that is really important to our student body. The hardest part about these groups coming onto campus is that they do have a legal right to be here. They do register with USCPD. They do know where to stand. They are coming onto campus and saying and spewing these ideals to students because they want to agitate and they want to cause a riot and cause attention just like we're giving them. And that's why, you know, I love our students because we have such a politically active campus that when you see these protests going on, the students are there and they are saying and standing for what they believe in, which of course, due to recent events, it's obviously against what these protesters are coming for and saying. And it is really important that they are standing up for themselves and standing up for their peers. The problem we face, and this is something that student government realizes, but it is so hard to relay this to the student body, is the more that students interact with these hateful protesters, the more likely they are going to come back because they do want a response. They're looking for a response so that they can even draw some maybe legal basis of a lawsuit or something that they can gain out of coming onto this campus and saying harmful student statements to students. So as a student, and I am upset, but as a student body representative, I know that the most important way to handle the situation is to ignore these protesters. And that even though, and personally, and I hope everyone listening to this podcast is against what they're saying as well, we are really upset and angered and you want to do something about it, the most we can do to stop these people from coming back to our campus is to ignore them because they are looking for an instigation. To wrap things up, what advice do you have for other college students who are experiencing college during this pandemic? You know, my personal advice would be to keep your circle small, wear your mask, social distance. I can't Tell everyone what to do, though, and everyone's going to make their own choices. So I say, you know, on a better level, better yourself in your classes, like put your energy in a place where it could be super positive. But I also know that social interaction with your friends is really important, and it's so important at the age we're at. So just to make the safe decisions, and if you have that moral compass, this is the time to use it. Um, And I'm pretty confident in college students. I can't say I'm confident in all of them, but I am confident in most of them that we are making the right decisions and that we are cognizant of what's going on in the world and we do want others to be safe and we do want our friends to be safe. And I know that most people, the fact that we're spreading or have the chance of spreading this virus is the worst part. It's not even getting sick ourselves. So just keep doing what you're doing if you are making those right decisions. And if not, just think a little bit a little bit uh, more before you go to that huge banger that your friend invited you to. That is my biggest advice. But you have to enjoy life, so figure out how to enjoy it under these circumstances, you know, because in 10 years, we're going to look back and say, wow, that was crazy, (laughs) but we did it. We, knock on wood, survived. (laughs) And hope so. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope me and Cora are still here. <laughs> but, you know, we survived, we got through it, and the fact that we learned so much about how to be individuals and be members of society and be 
also social beings at the same time when we have this honestly now virtual world in front of us that a lot of us are having. You know, we just, I think I learned a lot. I know, I'm sure Cora learned a lot. Absolutely. And that's what I say. Keep learning, but keep making safe decisions. Awesome. I 100% agree with everything you said. Um, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your thoughts and opinions and how you have experienced this pandemic as both a student and a member of student government and just a person. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Cora. I had the best time. I hope any of these listeners don't get coronavirus in the future. I guess my last piece of advice would be, if you're going to hang out with people, hang out with friends that already have the antibodies. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you.